The Overview is a production of Chaman V TV. Find out more about the show at chamanv.tv. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 61 of The Overview. I'm Chan Man V, and i got a full house today, packed, and we've got somebody returning to the show that hasn't been on in a while with Uber here, but I want to welcome Fish Sticks, Flame, and Uber. How's everybody doing today? Doing okay, Chris. Uh, I, I would be doing better if my last day of the season went a little bit better. It oh. actually ended up getting completely destroyed. Uh, I, I was able to redeem myself just a tiny tiny little bit but the day before the season ended uh i i ended up going on a three and eleven uh streak Ouch. that was that was the, actually the worst streak in my uh in my career so far so good way to end the season but you know what uh actually next season starts in like a day right so yeah and you know we take you take season it. highs anyway so <laughs> it's all good yeah. that's why they have that system flame how about you man uh, my season went pretty good, I guess, all things considered. I had like a goal at the beginning of not playing that much because yeah. streaming it kind of sets me off the deep end every now and again. So <laughs> I tried to minimize my games this season, but it, it paid off in the end. I think I kept cooler. Um, I finished top 500, and I didn't have any days of negative win-loss throughout the entire season, which was pretty crazy, what? actually. Wow, yeah. that's nice. Like man. my graph is just like a straight-up, like... Just gross, you That's know. A dream, you know, dude. Flame, mine was like that too. Mine was like that too <laughs> until uh, until a few days ago. <laughs> until the bottom. Well, like the thing is, though, <laughs> I had like it mapped out in my head. Like you know, like I knew exactly what day I needed to play and what day I shouldn't play, and then <laughs> the days that like ha- what day I needed to play to minimize the amount of games that I would have had to play to keep in top five hundred. So like, because once you got in top five hundred, it was smarter to park the bus than to keep playing. But then there was like right. a weird growth factor in the top 500 <laughs> at the last day where it growth went from factor. like 4,500 to 44. Well, it was like 4,400 on one day. And then three days later, I think it jumped up to 4,450. So like it went up a lot in the week at the end. So there was a little bit of stress there. Let's see. Ladder meta. You got to love it. Yeah. At the end of the season. How about you, Uber? Any ladder plan this year? Uh, this to season? be fair, yeah, I mean, I set myself a goal this season. I just like each season, I want to be into the next division. Eventually, that's not going to work out. But I was like yeah, high same. diamond last season. I managed to get get into master, and then I had to cast a bunch of CS, so I ended up to came back down to three k. And uh, we start all over again next season. So it's just the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was a uh, I was trying to play different characters this season, which was pretty terrible for me. But uh, is it, but at least I got better. Just so I could play Tracer and get. I was trying to play Tracer. That was later. exactly who I was trying to play, and I'm like so bad at her. But um, you know, you got to start somewhere if you're gonna if you're gonna play something different. And quick play just never. It's like it's never a great practice place or practice grounds for me because I feel like I do okay in quick play, and then I, I get into to competitive with Tracer, and it's like god awful. So. And so um, if you play Genji Quick Play, you're never going to get nano. So it's a good way to learn how to like get Dragon Blade kills without right. nano. Like if you're playing in like right. a in comp, you probably will get it. But usually there's like the the duo queue, there's like an Anna and a DPS player, and she just pockets them or Mercy or whatever. So right. like, match conditions are not even remotely close to simulating what you should expect in a relatively high 
uh, SR range. So yeah, yeah, it's probably going to take a few seasons before I can actually play it reasonably well. Um, but yeah, so season five, like Ben said, starts tomorrow, uh, which is really great. I'm so happy that they had this short turnaround because never really understood why they had the two weeks. Uh, you know, before maybe they were lining up like releases with it in the past, but this is the best, <laughs> definitely the best setup for for players out there. So, um, you know, uh, folks that are excited about trying to get some more points to get some golden guns, well, it's going to be starting up uh, really, really quickly. Uh, one thing I was doing, trying to do with my son, and you know, obviously with all the loot boxes available in the arcade, uh, is play some three v three and one v ones. Wanted to see if you guys have gotten a chance to play around with the new formats and check it out. Yes. But, but Jason actually tricked me into doing this because he said, <laughs> oh, let's play a couple of games, right? I'm like, yeah, okay. no worries. I need to level up my old anyway. And he's put us into like this this 3v3, like the new mode with the new maps, which are pretty cool, mm. quite, kind of compact, and there's nothing you know yeah. over the top crazy about them, but they, they feel kind of balanced. But we played the 3v3 sort of elimination mode where you couldn't, use heroes that you previously won a round on and yep. mm-hmm. i actually thought it was pretty sick i actually think there might mm-hmm. be something there to be honest yeah i do too uh flame fish sticks you guys play at all or no i just wanted to get the competitive games in <laughs> of i'm not course gonna lie why do i even uh, bother is, i'm always ben. like this I, I'm, always, even... I'm such a disappointment <laughs> i just like stick to cop only uh, I'm it's sorry. all good it's all good flame you, you get a chance to try uh... it I played the one v one mode's really cool. The one where it just gives both players like three heroes, and you have to pick which one. It's like a, there's like a meta game if you yeah. get the right draw. Mm-hmm. But um, Roadhog still exists in it, so it's a little <laughs> like if you see Roadhog, you just kind of know that you have to pick Roadhog. So I think that that's something that's that right. might need to change or something. But three v three is okay. It's just three v three is weird if you solo queue it because there's like this also there's also like another factor of whether or not someone's going to pick a healer. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have a healer, though. Yeah, if you have a healer, you just have to have. And if you like, if you play like some round, let's say you play just three DPS because you can, and then you win that round. Well, guess what? You can't use any of those in the next one, so you can yeah. don't completely yeah. just slaughter your pool of people just pick random stuff. So, but I think actually, like we talk, this like is it. just really mm-hmm. short, but we talk about having like how there was an idea of having bands in in picking in Overwatch, and it's not something that Blizzard kind of wanted. This simulates that to a degree if you have multiple rounds and there's some heroes that you just can't play on the virtue that you've already won with them so there's actually might be more of a metagame there you know for those that are actually brave enough to try and find out what that looks like yeah i i play both and i think that the 1v1 still needs some work like there's there's something to do with just the the duration of the games that really really bother me um, like, cause I, I kind of like the way that how they set it up though. There's more strategy involved where you, you pick the character you want, even though Roadhog's like available every other game. So it, it, it wasn't that like different in, in a lot of ways, but I do like the fact that you get to choose characters, but again, it's just so short, you know, it's like you die and then all of a sudden it's just next round, you know, and something like that might work. I mean, it does kind of work for things like CSGO, but not 1v1, you know what I mean? 1v1, it's, it, I, I almost feel like they need to have it like you be able to respawn and then just kind of have that duration be, you know, a few minutes or something like that. One V one with those characters. Um, it might feel a bit, uh, a lot better. Three V three though, feels actually really good right now. And that's why I think that they actually might have something there. And, um, it really hit me once mercies started to res and it was just like, Holy crap. I've had like a couple Epic games, you know, where both teams are rezzing and, and, um, you know, you have these long, fights and, and 
you know, just just something that's a little bit more analogous to the game to the six v six. So uh, Jeff, it, it talked would be about fun it. to see that thrown into into the mix for a tournament as mm-hmm. like a side event. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Whoever does that first is gonna. I think there's gonna be a lot <laughs> of hype going into yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, like the yeah. HTC two v twos for for CS:GO is kind mm-hmm. of fun. I yeah. mean, it yeah. also is kind of really oversimplified. And like when I watched like a full day of broadcast, and I was like, the guys in the desk were like please murder me now because there is not much more to talk about than people just killing each other. But that's a fun thing and people watch it and mm-hmm. it's a great way to settle grudges. If you watched a friend's drunk stream the other night, you would have seen the same <laughs> thing. Like it's just, like, it's just really fun to watch, especially him versus too easy was like the highlight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. That was the beginning of too easy's downward spiral into masters. Though. <laughs> so I'm not sure how, how much they enjoyed that. Yeah. I think yeah. Too easy was competing in the agents one V one tournament. And I think we pulled him into flames discord afterwards and interviewed him. And he, he was so tilted, man. I'll tell you what, he's good for a laugh. That one. He's good natured about it as well. You know, he's, he's very intense. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyways, everybody go give that a try. Yeah. You, you get loot boxes, you can get a win, you know, in each of those modes and, and the new maps are cool too. They're they're much more open right from the get go. It's like you come through the doors and you're almost you know you can almost see each other on some of the maps. So uh, a lot different than the Ar- Arctic map or the Antarctica map. Um, but try it out and yeah, let us know actually how if you guys are having a good time with it. Um, Before we move on from yeah. uh, our, our season four experiences, I'm actually curious to get your guys uh, get some info on on what kind of heroes you guys picked. Um, this season, I really wanted, my goal was to try and get around and play a whole bunch of different stuff. And I started the season that way, playing basically everything. But by the end, I r- suddenly realized that I had 18 hours on Winston, and my next highest hero was like nine hours. On, <laughs> I, so I basically became a Winston main this season. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. and he's just like so good in, in every situation right now. Uh, did you guys like try to stick to a specific subset of heroes or just play whatever the hell your team needs? Or what was your philosophy for that for someone who could be pretty outspoken i'm actually super non-confrontational when it comes to rank because i'm so precious about my rating because i don't have that much time to play right so quite often i just end up playing anna just to avoid any issues or or, or zaya for that matter probably anna zaya and winston are most played right now i think winston's too good especially when you can you know link up with all the uh genji mains of the world and actually get some dive going on which is still hard for some people to deal with especially at like 3500 yeah yeah Flame you? Flame? I mean, I kind of try to take over the pub when I'm on the team. Just like, all right, guys, this is what we're doing. And like, that works for me, but I think it's more map specific. Like, King's Row, I think if I wanted to win, I just pick Zarya every single time. Um, Anna on Koth generally is pretty safe. And then I, I just have like a system in my head of like, okay, if I want to win this map. This is what I need to do. And this is what I'm gonna play, and I think it like worked out more. I didn't. I, I'm. I think most of my wins were on Anna. I think one night at the beginning of the season, I went on like a 13 game Anna win streak or something. But after that, it was mostly like whatever I needed, Tracer 76. But I think per map, it made more sense to me than having like some hero that I was gonna stick with throughout every game. One thing that I'm really conflicted about is. I just kept winning whenever I picked Symmetra. Uh, obviously, only in very specific situations, uh, like Eichenwald defense, maybe Dorado defense if I'm feeling spicy, uh, sometimes Hollywood, a couple other maps. But by the end of the season, I I think I was 15-4 and four with Symmetra, which feels awkward because I don't even I don't even play her very much. It doesn't make any sense, but I just, I don't know. Well, so like Symmetra is one of those heroes where if you know how to deal with it, 
or if a team knows how to deal with it, they'll deal with it. But depending on how high the rank is, they're not always the best at dealing with it. So like if you do get a shield generator teleporter up and they don't have the right hero to go kill it or the right player that's intelligent enough to go kill it, then it just kind of wins you games by itself. It still works in GM, I mean. Yeah, like I mean, at the this, top, this like is in GM where yeah. this is working. So like it's, yeah, I mean, even at top 500, you can win games with the Symmetra if your teammates play around it. It's, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It feels scummy, but it works. It feels really scummy, yeah. It works. It's fun. I like it. Good, Chris. I can't hear you, buddy. <laughs> you're, you're muted, Chris. Oh, my bad. Yeah, sorry. I had a, had a sign. You're, for you're still time. muted. Well, I'm muted for you guys. I'm muted for you guys. Okay. They, uh, I'm they just going to take over the show yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. That's why you're uh, the you're other back, host. You're back. You're right? back. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. So Winston for you, and uh, yeah, I played a little bit of Winston too. I, I think Winston's like a lot of fun to play, and um, it's a lot, definitely a lot harder than I think people give him credit for too. Uh, especially landing on people, I think there's 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 definitely a, a great skill about just like jump like jumping super high. I've always wondered like why Miro jumps so freaking high and lands on people and things like that. But now now I'm definitely having a better understanding of it. Um, one of the highlights of my season, Chris, is yeah. I, I was playing on my alt with my girlfriend, and she got hooked on Hanamura. I jumped, I threw my Winston barrier down, and it landed in the in, in the like the five pixels between her and so I, uh, and, a, and a hog. Fantasy oh my god, it felt oh, so good. So awesome. Oh, rescue, yeah. man! That's like oh, definitely great. Oh, you know, one thing I did forget to mention, guys, in the 1v1, I totally forgot to mention this, is that I ended up trying to get that loot box, right? Just the 1v1. I ended up losing like eight times in a row. And oh I finally God. just succumbed. I was like, and my son ended up playing with me and he like gets a first try. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, man, it's it's already happening, man. It's already happening when my son's already getting better than me. So, Extreme, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. Getting old. Uh, but so no, some new details came out recently, uh, or at least last night, in terms of uh, the possibly next hero. Because you know when this piece of lore just comes out of nowhere late at night, it's like, hmm, okay. Uh, and the uh, post here, which let me bring it up real quick, is all about the the lunar space colony, right? Where you know, obviously Winston came from, or the Horizon lunar colony. Sorry, a lot of you know, messages, emails, I guess you could say, were exchanged here. And it definitely hints at another specimen, you know, that was in the lab being potentially the next, you know, character, next hero in the game. So I wanted to see what your speculations are as to what this all means, given that Jace, or Jeff, he actually said that there's a new hero on the horizon too recently. So a lot of things matching up here. What do you guys think? I think it's a new map. You think it's a I new mean, map? Oh, so, okay. So I think that I, I think there's going to be a new character here too, simply because they were specifically talking uh, in this update last night oh, wow. about some okay. of the other, the other monkeys in the, uh, or other apes or whatever Yep. on the space station. But when we first saw that Winston cinematic with the space station, however many months ago, the first thing in everyone's mind is like, oh my God, there has to be a moon level. So I'm crossing my fingers for that. Moon it level. could be really, really cool. Like visually, you know, that's going to be absolutely gorgeous. 
I wonder, like, who knows? Maybe it'll be half gravity or something, something absolutely crazy like that. Uh, anything's possible, but uh, I, I'm crossing my fingers more so for a map than a new character. Wow. So you think it's the space station or an actual moon map? I think it's, I mean, a space station or, or something on the moon. Yeah, mm-hmm. either either okay. or would wow. be epic. I didn't think about that. Flame, what do you think, man? Maybe it's the return of Jetpack Cat. <laughs> yes. That's what I was thinking. Because they, yes. like, the problem is in some of the messages, it says, like, we got to confine all the gorillas to the to the quarters. I'm like, are gorillas the only things that... Okay, first of all, I don't get too excited about, like, theory craft and this stuff. I only really care until I see that, you know, the, the skill set over here and how it impacts things. But yeah. that marsupial dude, uh, or whatever it was, Jetpack Cat or whatever, they're kind of cool. I had, like, two swords or something like that. So maybe, uh, you know, Genji meets... Winston, because he's called a small. Oh, I mean, I want, I want a hero. I want a hero that has some air control that can just like jump in the air and kill Mercies. That is like, that is the dream. I mean, Mira, Mira like does a mercy that anyways, slaying <laughs> melee jumping character, like a hero that is Genji with Dragon Blade that just runs at Mercy. I mean, they had a lot of issues. them off of the ladder. I mean, it's so I had a lot of out. issues like tuning for a pure melee hero. That's what they wanted Genji to be. They gave him Shuriken. Well, melee is messy, or melee in general is messy when it comes to online games. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's like hit rig like concepts battle, that are broken. I tried but... out Battleborn at the 2K Studios um, in Munich actually before it came out, just to see what it was like. And there was this guy with two swords, right? And they done so many balance runs over this game, and he was broken. And they like, we don't know how to fix this guy. He's just broken. So I can see it must be pretty hard to balance that kind of thing. But if something pure melee, if they get it right, would be sick. Yeah. Okay. So you guys think it's Jetpack Cat or whatever that thing was. Very well. Wait, could be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Am I, what am I missing here? What is this Jetpack Somebody cat? drew. Um, well, no, it wasn't. Art it was, yeah, it was a concept art or something like that. Where uh, I feel like I totally missed this. Yeah, it was early on too. It was like Jeff wow, like ago. brought it up in some interview. I don't yeah. know what event it was for, but Jeff like leaked it, and then the, there was apparently a lot of the devs were very passionate, or at least the esports team was passionate about Jetpack Cat, and it was like a concept. But I think we do need more air control huh. heroes yeah. in terms of just like anti-air. Yeah, well, I mean, anti-air is pretty. I feel like it's pretty handled right now, right? Just with the hit scan. You think it still needs more? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, it, it almost unlocks, like, a slightly different dimension to the game because although the Farrah can obviously move in the, you know, in a sideward direction when she's in meta, she can't do it very easily. So maybe someone that's constrained a little bit lower to the ground but actually has like a bit more air control. And also like, you know, we're moving away from overly anthropomorphic characters apparently with Arisa coming out. So mm-hmm. I mean why not yeah. you know, it's twenty seventeen gentlemen. Why not a bird by the roster a little bit? A bird? A yeah, bird like of the, swords. What's the I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they're I don't know what they're called in Zelda, but there's like that that race. Zoras. Okay. They're like fish no, 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 the Zoras are fish. There's the birds. Retail. Yeah, the Ritos. Oh, I haven't played them again. So. What are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? Okay, so we've got new map or new and new hero, and all those things are exciting. <laughs> I definitely want to see some new stuff. And uh, that's hopefully that's the summer, right? I think the timing of it should be this summer, given that Arissa was February, right? Or is it March, right? I think I think at the end of the day, well, so I don't want to be that guy, but think of how long the Sombra arc took. It's we're like on that time frame right now. 
No, 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 no. We're not doing so. Like, you get a hero announced in June, and then we get to see it at BlizzCon. No, <laughs> no, November. No, no, no. no. <laughs> see you guys there. No. I'm telling you, if, if this isn't, do- this is clearly not Doomfist, right? Doomfist is going to be BlizzCon. Oh, all right, the, guys. The it's going is, to be BlizzCon. The, not the problem, but the thing that Blizzard does as well is that they tease different heroes at different times. There's, there's not really necessarily any rhyme or reason to when they give you information about a new hero. And that's why when Arisa came out, everyone was like, Doomfist is definitely coming out. I mean, this has got to be a thing. The Doomfist mm-hmm. is missing. We still don't know what that actually is about. So right. they kind of snuck Arisa in amongst our suspicions of Doomfist. And, you know, it would have blindsided a lot of people when the first material started well, the coming out. Well, the gauntlet is still stolen. So how long are they going to let it be stolen? That's <laughs> really the question I have. Like, <laughs> okay, that's ARG stuff. From a lore perspective, <laughs> I don't know how you can <laughs> keep the game going if the <laughs> Numbani cart just doesn't have an escort to bring around. Like, What's the point of escorting the damn thing is broken anyway. I know exactly why. What is the point of Numbani right now if there's it's no? It's a relic, man. Part? It's like you know, just, no just having now. it the whole close. Overwatch was against. If we took the guy out of the Hollywood car, would we still even play Hollywood? Well, so the nice thing about Arissa was that we saw the whole you know um, the Numbani airport thing, right? And Arisa came out shortly after. It was like on PTR that week or like very, very soon, right? So maybe we actually get something on PTR this week. That'd be pretty awesome. The I think it's good if it... roll up the natives too much now, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in my eyes, though, I think... It's Tuesday. It could drop any moment. <laughs> That's right. It is Tuesday. That's we right. could, be, could be due in a couple hours, but I think realistically it probably makes sense to do it earlier in the season if you want people to play PTR because... Yeah, yeah. Competitive usually the first week is a little uh, crazy, know, messy. <laughs> Definitely. So giving people a reason to play PTR might be good. Mm-hmm. And by the way, with certain esports events on the horizon, that may be upending some aspects of the competitive side of the game. Not saying it would happen, but mm-hmm. maybe that's less than ideal. Yeah, true. Or it's more than ideal. I had this conversation. <laughs> with, if you like, Kyle. I had this. No, I had this argument, or I had this discussion actually yesterday with Bromas of ex dignitas fame about world cup because i asked him like oh how's your group or whatever and he's like oh we have to beat france and i was like oh and then oh. he's like i was like well maybe i was like maybe they'll add a new hero that just completely destroys rogues comp <laughs> and then and then what and then maybe it'll even out the playing field for the countries that are sending full teams because now i already invent mirror hmm? i already invent mirror they already invent Miro. <laughs> Miro already exists. Ouch. Ouch. Well, I mean, I don't, know if we can, I don't think we can get Miro on the Spanish Overwatch <laughs> World Cup roster, but... Miro sounds a little Spanish to me. <laughs> it does, actually. Yeah, it, it is yeah. a Spanish word. Uh, so, All right, well, let's get into some team news, and then we'll get into a lot of the events. There's a lot of events to talk about. So uh, team news-wise, we had uh, maybe a couple things. So first thing was FaZe Clan seems to have... Um, little bit of a new look a couple couple new players uh wanted to see if you guys had any comments about it um we've got louis you know obviously fresh from uh trying out for the uh just envious and clearly you know, i think envious has found their guy given that effect is officially part of envious now uh and then we got joe meister too right so what do you guys think about this new phase clan uh i've always i was always a big uh zoms fan back in the day mm-hmm. uh I, I think zoms is an incredibly talented player so he's one of the one of the guys that's no longer on this roster i'm not sure what's going on behind the scenes where he's headed next um but it, it to me it was surprising to see him drop because i don't think he was anything to do with the their kind of 
less than great performance as of late, but you never know what's going on behind the scenes. They've got Spree now, obviously Spree yeah. coming coming over from the LG oil team. Uh, and also plays that Zarya role pretty damn well. So it's not like they're losing out. They're still going to have a very talented Zarya in that role. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm wondering where Zoms is going next. Um, but yeah, obviously, if you have such an extended period of not being successful, it's probably time to shake something up. Um, so good to see. All right. Um, Uber, any, any comments on this? Um, honestly, I kind of like that they kept core of this team um sort of you know to a degree i think rock is in fact fiction are really really very individually strong players i think spree is insanely dedicated as well he that guy grinds and we think about what zombs's role was in this team as well we saw him play that zaya we saw him play that 76 mm-hmm. um you've got spree who i think is an in, insanely good zaya and i think a 76 role is pretty easy to cover in this team i think that the louis being on that dps role as well also means that in my opinion you might have a potentially stronger tracer option in, in this lineup to work with Shadowburn if he's going to play Genji. Um, the biggest issue I had with FaZe was watching Shadowburn play D.Va. So they have mm, like yeah. Spree now to flex in that role. I just, I really want to see him be enabled. For me, he's a player like Blinkser as well, who's a player for so long, wasn't allowed to to do his thing. And then we saw him quite recently play for Yikes. He was just wrecking people. Like he was a better tracer than I think Sinatra in some situations when he was playing. or They were playing up against you know some pretty tough opponents and he was just dominating. So I'd like to see specialists play their roles because it's the best indication, I guess, of you know a person's ability in that role. So I like this. I think having Spring in this team is sick. It takes a lot of that pressure off Shadowburn as well now that he can really focus. Mm-hmm. Flame? Uh, I think there's some weird overlap in their hero pools, and I feel like there's still some gaps, I guess, when I look at their roster now on paper. Because Spree had a very deep hero pool, I think, before he went to LG, but then LG kind of like limited him to playing Zarya, I think, like 90% of the time. So I'm not really sure where he stands on like the rankings of the rest of the heroes that he used to play, like the Pharah, like the Tracers, and the, uh, I guess, Diva or Reapers of the world. But so that's interesting to me. And Louis, too. Louis, I don't remember him ever having like that Zom's Widow pick or being like a super strong Diva or Winston flex. So that's also, I, I, I wonder what comps they want to run or what their game plan is, I guess, from that perspective. But Joe Meister makes sense, I think. I talked yeah. to Joe Meister as soon as Cole broke up, and I was like, oh, what are you doing? He was like, I have some options, so I guess he wanted to come here. But I think a lot of phases downfall, too, just had to do with the fact that a lot of their players never came to NA, and they never got the team house that they were mm-hmm. talking about for, like, an entire year. I think Shadowbird's been moving for how long now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, know, right? then, yeah, exactly. And like that was actually that's like actually a thing. So them losing NA tournaments with half their players overseas is weird. I think getting rid of Forsaken for Joe Meister makes a little bit more sense because Rockus never liked playing Lucio. Mm-hmm. I think he never wanted to play Lucio, and I think that picking up a Lucio main is probably in his best interest. I don't know what Forsaken's doing though, obviously, after this, but I mean, you have to shake things up, I think, when things aren't going right. And I think keeping too many players on a roster that's not working never really works out for a lot of teams yeah. because there's obviously like synergy or just mentality issues or blame issues. So I think bringing in like three new players is a really good idea for them. And I mean, it's it's a new roster, you know, so it can't you yeah. can't really have a lot of expectations, but you can definitely have a lot of room for growth. Yeah. When can we get this team together like and just start playing some, you know, lands because they seem to perform so well whenever they're they're able well, to do that, and hopefully before contenders. I mean, I'm, yes, I mean, I'm assuming they'll try to come to NA by the end, of, like by today. But 
Maybe they having visa like issues or I mean, is there anything like that or burns from russia so I, mean, yeah. I, would, I would say that yeah, yeah despite being firstly there's a few like things that need to be met to actually get a p1 visa and it's quite uh dif- difficult i think in terms mm-hmm. of legislation secondly as well i mean this is in getting visas in the u.s has become a little bit more of a complex process yeah. lately i have first-hand experience of just looking into this as you know as an option maybe one day i want to live in the u.s and and try and go for it and it's like it's a lot harder now it takes a lot longer almost double the time so and if you if they don't give it to you you just don't get it straight up if you request or you have like a lawyer request on your behalf and they just say no then that's it you don't can't you can't yeah, ever then get aren't one? you like wow. done for like two years or something you can only do it once every i, I don't know i might be yeah, well i think no i think there if is you like screw a, something up yeah then it hurts you like, get yeah. totally totally fucked and right. then you can never come in for like years or something I know it's bad. That's why you get lawyers to petition the government on your behalf and you need to pick the right visa type and you need everything. And now check your social media, bro. They'll check all that, especially nowadays. They'll check your social about kangaroos. Oh, man. Don't be watching your Twitter, man. Got to be careful with that now. Wow. I didn't actually realize that, but it makes total sense that they'd be checking that. Um, Okay, so FaZe Clan, uh, the next team that we have is uh, Evil Geniuses. And the reason why there's all this, this team talk, by the way, guys, is because you know, on the contenders, Overwatch contenders page, you know, the teams are listed, right? So every time um, you know, just new changes occur on, on these pages, then people you know, to notice very, very quickly, and then discussion starts up. So with Evil Geniuses, they have eight players on the roster. Um, I'm not sure if this is going to continue. Maybe they're still trying to figure out you know, a six. But um, right now, I, I think they have, they, you know, Milo, I think Graceful or two that kind of stand out that just um, recently got added to this roster. So uh, what do you guys think of the Evil Geniuses? Given, you know, it's obviously a big esports brand that we've known for a long time. And getting into Overwatch with, you know, this team, any potential for some big splashes? I mean, they've already been on the up and up. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, and we're still waiting to, to learn exactly what's going on here. Currently on the Overwatch Contenders page, it says Decop and Goliath are substitutes. So I guess they've been pushed to the bench, I guess, is the right way to frame it. Uh, but, you know, everyone knows Graceful just from watching his stream and watching him on everyone else's stream and the fact that he's <laughs> right. had such high, held such high ranks in comp for so long. Um, but I'm interested to see Milo coming back because we haven't heard really a peep from him in the last, like, what, two months or, or so? Um, he hasn't really been on any teams recently, so it's always good to see people who've been uh, in the free agency pool re uh, resurfacing themselves. Uh, but you know, we're, we're not going to really know what this means until we see them play and see what their mm-hmm. actual roster is. Uh, my guess is like they're adding these people so that they can have the flexibility. The fact that these other guys are still on the team, I think, means that we don't, we probably don't, won't know what their final six is until they actually play, right? Right. One thing's for sure, Graceful needs a new player icon. <laughs> it stands out like a sore thumb. Uh, but, Flame, what do you think about this wrestler? Um, so I don't know if this is confirmed or if this is true, but the way I understood it with Decop was that he's not from, I think he's from Mexico. Mexican. So he's yeah. not eligible technically for contenders because you have to be like USA oh. or Canada. Oh, and the South Americans are actually, I mean, not that the Mexico's from South America or Mexico's in South America, but as far as I'm concerned, I think Latin American countries or Mexico and like the rest of South America or just South America in general are not allowed to compete 
in NA contenders currently, right. and they need like some form. Of, I think they need like a visa or some like proof of residency or something. And I don't think DCOP has a P1 visa to go with his EG title. So in, that makes sense Why for, for yeah. him, for him to not be able to play for contenders. So them going to Milo makes sense in that regard. Mm-hmm. Is it permanent? I have no idea. I haven't really looked into this. I think Goliath is a shocker because a few of the players on this team in particular do reach out to me actually asking for help or just like analysis stuff on their scrims because I don't think they have a coach or an analyst right now. And so, like, I know a lot of them are really hungry for information and improvement, and Goliath's definitely one of them. So it's weird to me that they would pick up uh, Graceful to play support over one of what I thought was one of NA's, like, better up-and-coming support talents. Hmm. So that's that's weird to me, but on the topic of Milo, I think it might have to do with just the fact that it is contenders, and maybe there's some scheduling conflicts, and maybe maybe Goliath's not even available or something. Yeah. yeah. But um, that's how I see it. Okay. Yeah, Uber. Uh, I mean, generally speaking, like it's just it's a real shame about Decock because it's super hard to find like top tanks in in North America. Yeah. Like this is just this has been a topic that has been discussed at length by um, a lot of people. I mean, Pure, I think um, mm-hmm. he was he was saying it last time. It's super hard to find. I mean, it's just kind of ironic that another sick tank in a North American team is actually being held back for that exact reason. I mean, Milo, we just straight up haven't seen, I haven't heard from him, haven't seen Omar since that energy roster. I think he's actually one of the better tanks. Um, I think people used to, you know, almost pull him in, in Mesra or Mesra on a, on a similar sort of footing, but I just straight haven't seen him in a while. Graceful, I mean, he's a grinder. So that's fine. But I actually think this team was doing really well. I was quite surprised, actually, they should have been in the monthly melee finals because they beat Envision in the upper bracket, then dropped down and then ended up losing to them and, and everything sort of just hit the fan there. So this team kind of to me is almost like a CLG where you know we're very disparaging of these rosters that formed under big names we don't really know the players and sometimes there's publicity that's maybe not you know matching the status <laughs> of the team but they grind really hard and they have resources presumably but you're right I think Meep still listens to the coach for this team I don't know if they have like fully staffed out there as well so yeah. they might just be plugging gaps here we can only really speculate okay um all right, so that's the last of the... Any other news that you guys hear about recently? Maybe maybe in the last hour? Seems the player news and and uh, team news seems to be like a fluid thing. Seems to happen like every single minute of the day. Uh, yeah, Double Sword Chipmunk has been released, guys. Uh, so get excited. <laughs> Double Sword Chipmunk? Wait, are you serious? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just check it, man. <laughs> Just check Twitter. it. What was the other thing? Um, Fnatic going their separate ways, not... I, I mean, actually, it kind of is a surprise to me, but I don't know if it's all of them. Custer announced that today. So, oh, oh, well, that's Custer big news well, because yeah. I mean, they they were no longer with Fnatic as of mm-hmm. a, a little while ago. But Flame, are you saying that the the core of this roster is actually not sticking together? That's the question. I don't know. Kusta okay. made the tweet, so yeah, I don't know. Or Custer made the tweet, but I don't know if that's just him. If that speaks for all five of them, the rest of the players are splitting up, because I mean I know that there's like a core of that team that's been playing games together since the beginning of time, so I'm not sure what their plans are. I just know Custa is now looking for options. I mean CLG Aww. obviously had problems, but CLG actually did well at the OMM this weekend. I think they yeah, they almost beat C9 to be, kick them out of groups, which was pretty insane. 
I have to wonder what Custer's situation um, in terms of his residency is like, because uh, as an Australian guy, we have a nice country, but our passport ain't worth shit quite a lot of the time. Not even in the UK, mate. We've got the same queen on that passport. It still doesn't matter. So Really? Do you think, do you think yeah. Contenders is like, I mean, this might be a coincidence, but maybe it's not. Maybe he can't get into USA for Contenders and can't play with the rest of the squad because they're already here. I don't know or, how I don't know how P1 visas work in terms of like how long they last. For example, I've got a working visa here in Germany and it allows me to be a resident while I'm working, but after I leave if I was to leave my company, I'd have like a month to leave the country. So I don't know how contingent his visa is on, on him being registered on that team or him being on their payroll or being employed right. by them. And as an Aussie, this is really hard because it's very, very hard just to you know pull a visa out of your rear end. It's probably easiest actually to get a P1 like that. There is There are visas that exist for Australians in the US, but you need to be employed and you need to have like, academic qualifications that somewhat correlate. So, I mean, I hope for him that he doesn't sort of have to go back to Australia because while there is a decent scene, he's a fantastic Zenyatta player especially, and I think he's very vocal. He's very communicative. I think this is a good time for Zen players, um, and I really hope he gets picked up because I never heard a bad word about him from any of his teammates. Mm. So. And really, this is just, I'm just kind of bummed in general. This Fnatic squad has potential, and we've all been wanting to see Tailspin play again. And the rumors were swirling, not not even rumors, he, Tailspin was playing with this this team uh, again, which was like the old, the super old hubris guys getting back together. So I'm just super bummed. I want to see Cool Matt play. I want to see Tailspin play. I want to see Stoop again. I want to see Custa. I want to see this whole team in action. So now I'm wondering... Are they going to reform? Are they going to are they going to merge with other teams before contenders? I mean, you only have a couple days really to get this yeah. all figured out. Hopefully, we see them land on good rosters, though, because so all those guys are talented. I heard that Custom might have gone to Canada, um, back to Canada. I think that's where he was before he got picked oh, up by Fnatic. Canada's so there might bad. be some like his. Pretty sure IDDQDs like there too. Like I think there's a lot of players having a lot of trouble getting into America up behind right the now. wall. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Into the country. Trump's presidency Trump. is actually killing <laughs> esports. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> the wall is real, guys. Definitely. No, I, I think you guys bringing up a lot of these things is just. You know, I, I think maybe making a lot of folks listening realize just there's a lot of logistical things that need to get done. You know, for um, you know, obviously Overwatch League, Overwatch contenders, even just in the short term right now, and um, it's hard to do that. Sometimes you gotta make tough decisions, break up teams, you know, and um, have to let some players go that you didn't want to. But that's the business, right? I mean, you kind of have to do that right now. And unfortunately, we're we may be losing some of our favorite teams because of that. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, that's going to be it for the, I guess, team news. But uh, I want to give a shout-out to all the folks that do listen to the overview on iTunes as well as Google Podcasts and SoundCloud. Uh, you can listen to us on the way to work, you know, audio podcast-wise. If you, uh, And I want to um, just mention that you can help out the show and help out folks finding the overview by uh, leaving a you know, five-star review if you're on iTunes or anything like that. And then folks can find it easier just with SEO and, thing, and um, you know, helps out a lot. But let's talk about events. There's a lot of events to talk about, starting with uh, the Overwatch Monthly Melee, which concluded on Thursday after you know it's just some some technical issues over the weekend, and uh, we had some interesting uh, events happened. Uh, Selfless ended up winning it and winning it in a pretty. Yikes. Oh no, sorry, no, no, sorry. Uh, Yikes ended up winning. <laughs> I was thinking, sorry, Ralph But uh, Yikes ended up winning it, and we had some pretty epic matches too, like towards the end. 
Um, and then we actually had some crazy tilting that happened too, which was quite surprising and pretty epic in its own right. But, um, yikes, you know, I think yikes is obviously the breakout team of this uh, entire tournament and they, you know, they were playing great even before the, just the finals, uh, in just the last couple rounds. What do you guys think of the yikes right now? Uh, we're about to talk to them in the rival gate too, but let's just say at least in the uh, monthly melee, what'd you, what'd you guys think of yikes? So I would just ask the other hosts, what do you guys think over under one week until Yikes gets signed by a sponsor? Oh, it it, it, it could depend on the um, volatility of some of the personalities on the team and how they possibly represent it. But these, these guys are really good, right? I mean, it was kind of interesting that with Dante had graduated so he couldn't play, but Lynx has stood up really well for him. I think that really worked in that favor. That could have gone a heck of a lot worse. Ginger Pop is like impossible to kill on Mercy. I don't know how he does it. I don't <laughs> yeah, know how he stays really, alive so yeah. long. No one can kill that guy. And he hangs around and gets his fat reses. And he, he has a really good understanding of, um, you know, how a tempo res should go as well. And, you know, can measure those situations very well. Pizza is insanely good on Farah. I think we've kind of seen that. I think like I, one of my favorite Farahs in the US is, is Shaw for. I think Pizza's mm-hmm. con- quite consistent and definitely is approaching that. Um, and obviously XQC is not someone you can really write out of it. He is, he's the kind of guy that, get spurred on by any sort of, you know, any sort of negativity, right? That's what you want. And that's that's how you turn a team that hasn't been around for long into one that wins. It's a kind of this defiance and this desire to prove people wrong. And mm-hmm. I've got to head it to Felix. You can say what you like about the guy, but he, he nailed it. Mm-hmm. Flame, thoughts what on makes the Yikes team so good, Flame? Yeah. What's yeah. your thoughts on that? Uh, so I'm not going to like... What made them so good? I don't want to BM them or anything. I don't want to like take away from their victory. But I do think that the map situation of that tournament really lended it to them because they had Oasis, I think, like every single match that they played. Like literally every single match they were able to go to Oasis. Now I don't think they lost on Oasis ever. Maybe they lost to LGE in groups and I missed that because we didn't cast it. But for the most part, they just kept getting that map and they kept getting that win. And then they're also really good at like King's row. And a lot of teams that are afraid of their dive kept taking them to King's row. Mm. So there was like this weird cycle where we just kept seeing yikes on King's row and Oasis. And then they kept winning King's row and Oasis. Yeah, I mean, and then in, in fairness quickly though, like liquid, a team liquid is like a, an Oasis team. And we were all like, Oh, I can't believe that right. yikes are playing them on Oasis and they still beat them three, one. Um, yeah. I mean, I, like I, again, I think that they played well. I think that they're, I think they're better though at pharmacy than maybe Liquid is. Um, I think that they're probably the best team running it right now, and they have the best understanding. It's really hard, I think, to swap between. Like, so you see some teams running like Anna Zen on some maps, and then swapping to pharmacy on like control points. But it's really hard to get in the mindset of like, oh, I need to die now, or I shouldn't, or I need to die over there if I'm gonna die. And they're probably the team that is the best at that, and as well as like keeping their mercy alive to get those reses off. But yeah, they're just they're on a different level when it comes to the pharmacy. I think that it kind of hurt them though coming into Rival Cade afterwards. Some yeah. of the other teams were able to outplay them a little bit. Definitely adapt them. Just even like you said, like different maps and, and whatnot. One thing that did happen <laughs> that was obviously a big topic of conversation was uh, when they were playing Selfless to Fran went into tilt mode, which I want to ask you guys, have you guys ever seen a player to that extent at a competitive event go into that kind of a tilt? I mean, just tilt that badly where they're just like not even just going where the team's going and just doing their own thing, basically. Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. 
Selfless have a really cut and dry approach on King's Row attack. They, mm -hmm. they always yeah. have done it the same way. It involves getting Dufresne up behind them and forcing him to be deal, dealt with, right? That's yeah. kind of the idea. The problem was is that usually it's Dufresne and someone else. So it's usually a 76 and yeah. a Tracer or like a 76 and a Diva. And then Dufresne went to such lengths to try and get behind them that he literally went through the building all the way up back somewhere in the middle of the streets phase only just to try and get up, you know, behind them from a completely okay. different angle, right? And there was just this this head against the wall kind of stuff. They kept trying to do the same thing, and that's why it took. That's why they didn't capture the point in five minutes because they were just completely unwilling to change anything. Like we were just flabbergasted. We're like, this is a fundamental failure on a communicative, you know, and an emotional level. But mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, it looked like Till. I, I understand that he he had to put the team on his back and actually establish high ground position and get a pick from there, and it wasn't working. So I have to wonder how much of that was, was him tilting, how much of that was the team or the person calling the shots, whether it was Imong or whoever saying, mm -hmm. go keep okay. trying to do this. I guess on the topic of have I seen someone tilt that bad? I mean, sure. And I think that across other games, it's a little bit less obvious. Um, I mean, in Dota, people call GG after 12 minutes and then they'll like well, leave yeah, and like the game will be over and the game will end there. And maybe it's a premature GG, but um, I don't know. I mean... You could argue that they had already lost. You could argue that they should have tried a little bit more. I mean, I think that like teams have thrown players have definitely thrown themselves off the map before, not knowing that the round was still going. Like, I don't know that he knew that his Winston was going to touch the point or the tracer or whatever. So, like that happened too in another match. I don't remember. I think it was CLG versus someone on Lijiang, where a player called GG, but then people started touching the point, and then they like kept fighting for a little bit. So it was like, I think it was just weird because we were expecting another fight, but I don't know if internally for him, he expected his team to wind up delaying the point. So it might've been like an, oh, I just popped Dragon Blade and spawn and dove off the map. I thought we were done. As opposed to, I'm literally tilting, game's over, ha ha ha. Like, I, I think that it was more or less that moment might've been a okay. misjudgment. Yeah. That, that, that's definitely a lot different. I mean, he did mention that he was pretty tilted, right? But oh yeah, for it, sure. It doesn't necessarily mean that. Yeah, it was to that point. It, it definitely could have been just a miscommunication type of thing. Um, but uh, but let's go into Rivalcade. So uh, you know, Yikes coming off that victory. Rivalcade was pretty much immediately after, given that it was over the weekend. And um, in the end, Yikes ended up, I'm for lack of a better word, disappointing. Like, you know, they they did definitely did not have a, a good run, even just in the first round. So um, in, in the end, Selfless ended up taking over C9, 3-0. So you could say in a way, different, you know, maybe the whole team just kind of bonded together very quickly after the uh, OMM on Thursday and kind of, you know, we're back to the Selfless that we were used to seeing. But uh, Rival Kid, what would you guys think? Uh, ben, did you see? Did you actually watch much of Rival you know, I didn't get a chance to watch it uh in too great detail yet so i defer mm -hmm. to someone that actually watched all the matches okay well, i mean yeah I, I saw a little bit of group a which is luckily the one we're discussing i think like seeing like L ldlc just sort of waltz into this tournament and not get out of the group to be fair uh but um you know even seeing their presence there was was quite interesting but in terms of yikes um the, the group stage was was okay i think kangana actually looked really strong for the mm -hmm. entire tournament yep, in general um, you know, at least up towards the end there. I think that that's another interesting team, especially with guys like Dogman, who I know was actually trying to sort of get into a casting role for a while. Like he wasn't really wanting to play competitively much. Then he went back to streaming, and now he's back in this team. So, I mean, you've got Pooks there as well, who, uh, you know, some of us haven't seen for a little while. I, I think it's interesting that you know, they got that far. But 
sometimes this happens. I mean, in NA, it seems to happen a lot. <laughs> we've seen this before in Overwatch. Like sometimes yeah. it's just the, the chemistry and the feel of the day is just not present. Or sometimes maybe you think that you should, you know, you're harder on yourself than you should be because you already have a result behind you. There's a lot of reasons. Yeah, I mean, they had just came off their OMM win and they were thrown to a new tournament with probably more banter than I think I've seen in at least the past couple of months between them and Kungarna. Um, Kungarna probably overplayed themselves in that match against Nile. I think the Nile had a really rough game. They're, uh, like Mitch said, I don't think their players were really looking in their prime. I don't think Zaw was his normal self. I didn't think Dante really turned up. XQC was having a rough day too. Like I think it just wasn't their day. They still made it out of groups, but um, that tournament was interesting because I think being able to see Renegades for the first time was pretty good. They won with a yeah. few unconventional strats. Um, C9's debut was definitely worth looking into, I think. Um, my only issue with Ravelcade is that they tried, they did so much. Like it was literally an entire season of Apex equivalent in two like, days or three. In like two days, yeah. yeah so there were yeah. a lot of really, really good games that didn't get casted or streamed mm -hmm. that probably might have been better than some of the primetime ones. So, like, I don't know what went on in some of those games, but I mean, the XCLG team did really well. They got they got bumped out of groups, but they like brought C9 to a third map, and it came down to like Kaiser hitting once one crazy shatter on Dorado, um, Renegades went with some Hanzo yeah, shenanigans. Um, what else happened? I mean, Selfish just looked really strong. Like they the final was yeah, super close. To be fair, it was that close. Final, C9 looked good. Really I, I actually think C9 looked pretty good. Um, haven't quite put it all together yet, but you can actually see a lot of potential there. I mean, to be fair, like Hollywood was 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 okay, it was a draw. The problem is that both teams had like a minute, or maybe yeah, a little bit over. I think mm -hmm. C nine had a minute fifty to take the first point. So both of them, I mean, when you've got when you both have so little in the time bank, you both have similarly little amounts. That's going to happen. But the fact is that like C nine, obviously, it's been a bit of a developmental period for them and new players coming into the team. This is a sick result because you need to take it in hand with the fact that selfless are selfless. Mm -hmm. Li Zhang Tao was interesting. It was good to see the the Farrah Mercy come out from. Cloud nine. Shofar is nuts. I, I seriously, I saw him, I think pretty sure I saw him direct hit and kill to Fran across the map with one rocket while he was mid blink on Tracer. It's these things you just, that just don't happen, right? I thought it was <laughs> ridiculous. I think like Nepal was also super close. It went to all five. So uh, selfless, it's a three zero on paper. It's kind of reminds me of some of the games we've been seeing in Korea right now because mm -hmm. it was really neck and neck all the way through. And we saw so many different comps come out from C9. They looked really quite flexible. It was all Kaiser play, mostly Winston and Reinhardt, but then you know it was Zephyr, Zephyr, should I say, flexing through quite a different, quite a few different options. Sure, for doing that as well. I just found it a really good portfolio, actually, for the C9. We should expect after mm -hmm. these changes. Yep. Okay. Well, it'll be. What's the next tournament for? Well, the next tournament's going to be happening soon, right? For all these teams. Uh, um, takeover, man. Well, takeover, well, they're not okay. all these teams are at takeover though. I mean, no, uh, but uh, specifically C9. Yeah, is, C9 will be out taking I mean, That's a good point. Yeah, it's a big yeah. proving ground for them. Yeah, so this weekend, man, it's going to be... I don't know what the NA teams are waiting for right now. I think it's just contenders, and then maybe some of them are... I'm assuming there will be another rival kid next month. Okay, yeah, so at least a month. I mean, well, at least we have something next month, probably with, with the Rumble here. Uh, let's talk about Apex. Uh, so we didn't talk about the Rogue match. Actually, the Rogue match happened on Friday, right? So uh, Rogue fighting to stay in the tournament. I ended up having to 
um, have to beat Lunatic High and have to beat Lunatic High with a, a pretty good score too. And so it was not likely going to happen. But um, in the end, they ended up getting beat 3-0. And last time we talked about, you know, when they played Pan, uh, in just, uh, Panthera, we were talking about just Rogue not being ready to win, you know, when, when uh, Pure was on. And there were moments where it looked like they should have won that series. I kind of feel like this one with Lunatic High, it didn't look the same. I, I felt like Lunatic High just outplayed them uh, in a lot of ways. So wanted to see if you had the same feel for that or not when you were watching it. Ben? Yeah, uh, I mean, Rogue has been playing a very, very consistent style for a long time now, and mm-hmm. casters were saying it, the pundits have been saying it. It's just start, it's starting to feel like they don't have the flexibility that they, they kind of need to have to adapt in real time mm-hmm. as the situations unfold. I mean, Lunatic High, they had a game plan going in, and it was to counter, uh, it was to counter their D.Va pick. Uh, I think there was an yeah. interview... I can't remember who it was with on Lunatic High, but they, they talked about the fact that if Nico was going to go D.Va, they were going to try and take down uh, that D.Va as early as possible. And, you know, it just forced Nico into awkward situations. And I, I, someone, someone on the Lunatic High roster was saying specifically they felt like Nico hasn't been playing up to where they hoped he had been, he'd be able to. Um, so this rogue roster, you've still got absolute monsters on it you still got soon who's one of the best tracers in the world you've got this extremely well-rounded roster but it doesn't seem like they've got the flexibility that they need to adapt to korea i mean when we when you watch lunatic high playing they're playing everything they're playing triple support they're playing one support you know they they pulled out both of those in a single best of five (laughs) it was a three in three maps they played both triple support and and solo support uh, in different situations and then you just look and rogue is playing the same thing over and over and over again um so uh i mean i think that's really like the core of the difference between these two teams and just their approach to the game lunatic high has utter flexibility switching the comps up picking all kinds of crazy picks uh and you know they i think we saw Ryu Jae-hong flexing, flexing onto Widow, if I remember correctly. You, you had all kinds mm-hmm. of interesting things happening at, at where don't see that from Rogue. Yeah. I don't uh, know if it's that Uber. easy. To, I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually tweet, I posted about this last night because I think like a lot of the criticism that's being leveled at, at Rogue, um, a lot of it is, is reasonable, or at least the origins of it are reasonable. A lot of people say they're quite predictable uh, in terms of their role usage, which is Sometimes I can't. Uh, well, yeah. In terms of the support alt uses, anyway, I think because whenever Rogue feel their DPS players are threatened, they will usually just bang that out. But I sort of said that you know Rogue their their team comps and they play this die, but they play in such a way where people just alt. It's just a frag. They want to frag, and, and like it might seem like an overly simplistic view of the game, but because they're not overly co- uh, combo centric, there still needs to be a, a, a fundamental framework of their of their strategy. And that's their biggest weakness is when I talk, I spoke to AKM at length about it because I was just curious about life in Korea, which, by the way, has been a little bit, bit tough for some of the guys. I know like some of the rogue guys are really fussy eaters and the lifestyle in Korea hasn't exactly agreed with them to a great degree. Um, but they said it's not individuals that choke. It's that our communication and our teamwork completely mm-hmm. falls apart. It's so funny because they're all they're, they're French, right? But I've heard this from so many French players and French teams that says our communication sucks. We'd actually rather speak in english a uh, lot of the time because what? it means it's, it's far more streamlined and not full of just garbage uh, or you know uh. unnecessary stuff but basically mm-hmm. rogue in 
it's always it's always in scrims that teams do really well, right? But Rogue did say like we feel really confident. We 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 feel so confident when we go into these games because our scrim performances are good. And I think this is a reason why we're not actually seeing them change their comp up too much because they are still convinced that it works. Maybe they take too much stock in scrims. Maybe people are sandbagging against them. Maybe they're delusional. But they said, <laughs> we definitely think we can go into this. They were also saying that Lunatic High were not looking so good in, in scrims as well. So they take a lot of stock from that. And then they're very frustrated. And they said, and, wow. you know, AKM yeah. was sort of like, we kind of choked again, you know, when we went through. Yeah. But it was actually a close series, especially in Nepal. They should have won Nepal. Um, the first, yeah, the first they, game. They tried to dive yeah. on a Winston, you know, 6v1 right at the end. And they got back capped twice in that round by Eska, who had a really good tournament on Tracer, uh, a really good uh, series on Tracer. So it wasn't their day, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, Lunatic High just outplayed them. I mean, at the end of the day, you can uh, you can talk about their alt usage on the rest of their heroes, but I think between Unco and Wins ulting at the same time repeatedly throughout the series, yeah. they like yeah. Lunatic High just abused them. Like they came out with a single support Lucio offense on Hollywood and like got through second point pretty handily just by there was like that play where they baited out a tech visor yeah, and a sound barrier and then just all the hid in the saloon and went on the roof and stuff. And like, right, right. that's like at the point where you're like, okay, this team actually just played them. And I mean, at the, like there's like a case to be made for if you're not going to use both support alts or if you're using both supports at the same time, do you really need both supports? So like that was kind of how it wound up feeling for that tournament or at least for that series because they would just abuse the fact that you could force out sound barrier and trans mm -hmm. at the same time a lot and then just come in with whatever you had that they didn't. It, it, like it looked very systematic and like the back capping from Eska is definitely it was definitely noticeable on Nepal, but maybe they knew that like maybe they knew that Rogue was a team that just doesn't acknowledge the point sometimes KM was standing on top of him. yeah he was he on was. top of the actual the actual yeah. goat or whatever exactly no for sure exactly so like they i mean eska shouldn't be able to get away with that but the fact that he does just speaks to like i knew uh, you could right. say that they choked or they just didn't perform well but either way i mean it just looked like lunatic i was playing with their food for a majority of that match i mean when you win the first fight on on the pole and then you can't stall it out, and you can't get like that 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 early sixty percent from the from winning the first fight because you stall incorrectly and let them take the point back. It's super frustrating to watch. Yeah, I mean, I mean Lunatic High looking really really good right now. How do you think they're they're ranking right now in terms of the teams that you've seen in Apex? Are they looking to maybe you know be poised for a repeat, or what do you think they rank right now? I mean, people going into this season were saying. Lunatic High may not be the favorite anymore, but I don't know. I mean, you, it's really, really hard to argue against this team. Uh, they have days, man. They have days where they look really, really good, and they always have Jaehong and making crazy plays that literally win battles for them and with sleeps, and they have, obviously, Miro always playing solid. What was that? Just play Widowmaker on Hollywood as well. <laughs> well yeah, that would that too. <laughs> I actually think though, from what we've seen from from Envy, I, I definitely still think they they're in with a shot up against a team like Lunatic Kai. I mean, they arguably have yes. a slightly softer softer group, right? You've got BK Stars and Rhino's wings in there, but Envious are just yeah, they weren't even supposed they weren't even supposed to be the team that was. Let's talk about Envious exactly because yeah, they played Rogue in like a, a Ravocade. Yeah, a rumble. I think when they when when Rogue first came to NA and they lost yeah. in, in the grand final, it was three two, and they were using mm -hmm. Louis at the time, and everyone was like, "Yeah, Envy looking weaker." The move Tarry hook off DPS is this a bad decision? Now they're just dumpstering people. They look good. There's like three teams I think that are probably on par or 
capable of beating Lunatukai. I think it's Kondu Panthera, Envy right now, and then what's the name of that team? X6. Oh, X6, really? X6 is, yeah, I think X6, X6 is like my runaway for this season. <laughs> oh, that's there a was good like pick. an underdog huh, randomly going to make a deep run kind of team. They're looking like their DPS players are looking really good, but I'm not really sure that Lunatikai is going to beat or like how capable they are of beating Kongdu Panthera even right now. I mean, that match was weird. They're meeting of each other in the first week, but yep. Yep. there's definitely like, I don't think it's like, oh, Lunatikai is definitely the number one. I mean, AFB even looks pretty good right now, too. So the problem is that a lot of them aren't playing each other, obviously, because it's groups. But I think once we get towards playoffs, it'll be a lot. Yeah, different and a lot more hype than probably even last season. Yeah, well, let's do you talk think? To, well, go ahead. I have, I have just a question for the guys. Uh, do you think that Rogue could have gotten out of uh, out of groups if they were in a different group? Because it's you can't argue. They were in the toughest group. I mean, everyone agrees yeah. with that. But could they? Could they still like? They didn't look that great. I mean, do you think they could have out of? I mean, I think I think Envy would have beaten them if they went to D. Even like, mm-hmm. I don't think that they. I think they could have gone out of other groups, maybe, but they didn't. I, I don't know. I have a hard time like getting behind them after how systematically Lunatic Eye played against them. Like they just made it look like they were, like they knew exactly what was going to happen and they just abused it. Mm-hmm. So it's like weird, I guess, as a question because I think that they definitely maybe could have made it out of D with NV or something, or maybe made it out of C with uh, maybe it's AFB. I forget, but they might be better than X Six. So maybe they could have beaten Runaway and X6 in that group, but... AF Blue would, would still wreck them. And that's yeah, AF would probably wreck them. them. They I mean, would be garbage this season because I was like, oh, they built another team around Ahan again. This is not going to go well. And yet <laughs> they've actually been playing really, really well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. only two games so far, but they've been really dominant, mm-hmm. uh, especially first one over Runaway. That was like one of the opening games. We we're like, yeah, all this hype from one right, Runaway coming back in and then Kaiser sat in the crowd with a bloody postman's hat on, like looking very sullen, and they just get completely trashed by AF Blue. And I'm thinking... Trying to get his North American visa to join yeah, C9 I know, right? <laughs> a lot of stuff going behind the scenes there um but why don't we why don't we dig a little bit more into envious though like i, I mean I, I we've talked to them obviously they're they're looking super good one of the top teams for sure but let's, let's get into the details uh i know you guys didn't get a chance to watch the series today and i mean spoilers for folks that haven't watched the vods they ended up winning 3-0 and they looked really really good doing it um one one thing that's I think becoming very very obvious they're flexing like crazy right now you know and that's one thing that is completely the opposite of Rogue. We saw Taimu I think I saw Taimu play seven characters today when I was watching oh, really? the VOD something crazy yeah he played Sombra Reapers I want to say the Tracer. match today was a wash I don't think there really? was I mean Envy was obviously going to make it out but I don't know that BK Stars had any out of the group. Oh, so it was just like, I mean, it, it was there was no meaning to the to the match. I mean, like Envy, well, Envy wanted to win cleanly because they want to get first seed. Yeah, but as far as EK Stars goes, they didn't have anything to play for, as far as I know. Oh, okay. They were already well. They'd beaten RG Wing, so they were, I think they were one and one going into that game. So yeah, they still had a chance. Yeah, I, mean, I think they had a chance, but after the, maybe over. they lost the first game. I think they may have been out after that. But um, um, regardless, yeah, yeah. it doesn't really change the fact that Envious look pretty good. And we saw Taimu and Sombra. Like, I haven't seen Taimu on Sombra. And, and getting watching him play some Widow, just breaking it out on certain maps. And, um, I mean, we saw an array of things. And that, that all is because of, you know, Effect being able to take 
a lot of pressure off all like every single one of them even even uh, i feel like even um uh, uh which uh even the support players are i think just you're you're, at, you're getting a chance to see like them being able to flourish more too and and um uh oh god i'm a total brain fart the diva player um mickey mickey yeah even mickey was able to play torbjorn you know on some of these maps too and i mean he's starting to play it like a lot you know maybe like half the time so um yeah i feel like even pressure off of mickey too is is you're just seeing it all around just the the improvement that effect is is having on the entire team and it's crazy awesome said it before man yeah really good tracer absolutely is essential in the current meta like every team has to have a top tier tracer otherwise you're not a top tier team i I think it's that simple it's exactly why selfless were able to spawn camp people so damn hard because they were one of the first teams to <laughs> yeah. realize how important. This seriously is one of the first teams to realize how important having that good tracer is and using it in in every comp and actually getting over the fact that there's vulnerabilities there. If your, your tracer player is good enough, then you can literally embarrass your opponents. People cottoned on eventually, uh, but it's a super big part of the matter, especially now you know, with, with players using pulse bomb, especially a pulse bombing divas just to set up for attack mm-hmm. visors and stuff like that. Like one, that's one thing Lunatic High are very good at doing. They went straight for Nico, not just because they thought he was a weaker player, but because they knew that Esker could, uh, or whoever whoever's playing seventy six at the time, could just get free off off. I mean, what do you see as, as a potential counter meta to like Tracer? I mean, we 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 were seeing some of you know, I I felt like the Torb turret was helping to at least zone Tracer out a, a little bit, you know, on the Hollywood maps. But do you see any kind of big composition that's going to cha- change that? Because Tracer is such a huge part right now. I think Who like could, uh, exactly I mean, exactly. Who? Like what? I mean, you could go McCree. Obviously, everyone thinks McCree when they think Tracer Counter, but McCree's also the most diveable DPS exactly. in the goddamn so game. It's not a great I mean, if solution. You, yeah, it's not it's not a great solution. You might be right. Who knows? Maybe Torb is the best counter currently. Just to zone uh, him mean, out a little bit. Teams like Selfless get a lot of mileage against it because Emong is an insanely good Roadhog. Uh, that's like one of the one of the biggest things in their pocket. Like he's that kind of guy that just pops off, you know, pretty comfortably and gets you know three kills in a fight. Right. But that's not that's not foolproof. I also think teams that have Winston players that, um, you know, if they haven't already dived, if they're cognizant of the fact that they need to peel for their supports, like a Winston can can be quite annoying for a tracer, especially if he's a first responder to peel for the backline. But there's nothing set in stone, and that's the whole point of tracer design, actually. The fact that you can bloody well teleport out the fight. Well, I mean, and, you're so you're already nimble. seeing that though. You're seeing like Winston's and. And divas being bodyguards in a lot of situations, and still tracers are still good. Zenyatta wrecks them as well. To yeah, be fair, we yeah, see that quite okay. a lot lately. It's a big yeah. time for Zenyatta. Well, there's also the pharmacy aspects, but that's also like the one direct rocket will just delete a tracer. Mm-hmm. That's probably like the most reliable counter right now. I mean, there's obviously heroes that can erase a tracer, but they're not so good against Winston Diva. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm hoping players will start trying other things. I mean, Hanzo's obviously out of the question, I think, just because of the way Diva and Winston work. But right. I'm waiting for the May. I'm waiting for the rando right click. Oh, yeah, you keep talking about May, right? May's, May. The hero's so nice. good, but mm-hmm. nobody's really abusing it yet, I think. There's a few heroes, I think, that are still like like waiting to be abused. Yeah. And that's one of them, in my opinion. What do you think about these triple support and single support? I think triple support is really risky. I understand the premise of it, but it's like it's one of those like kind of all-in strats. It's kind of how dive used to work against two two two, where you would come in with dive, 
I think before, I don't even know what the difference maker was. I think Anna was still really, really strong, so players were less able to kill Anna's. But like, if you lose a fight with Dive, or back then if you lost a fight with Dive, you kind of just never won a fight after that. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that's kind of the same with the triple support. It's like, you either, if you can survive the first engage and get your support ults up and then like start cycling them, it's really good. But at the same time, if they just kind of run you over in the first fight and snowball you out, it's like really, really hard to get a footing. Right. Is, that, that is the point, cycling through those support ultimates. That's actually the most important part. And it's, it's quite a defining factor, especially on King of the Hill maps. Some teams just straight up. The best teams actually don't use their sound barrier when they see one coming out and still navigate around it or disengage mm-hmm. and then use them. For example, that's how they, that Rogue has been losing out lately. So you have a lot more of a, a margin of error, I think, as well, when you do play triple support. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can trust that your, your DPSs and tanks are actually getting the job done. But Zenyatta gives so much damage potential as well that you, know, you can supplement a lack of a dps or maybe yeah. a damage doing tank with elucio frags too now it's, it's yeah, a wonderful and seriously world. i love it yeah, uh, i think with the solo support what we saw well what we saw lunatic high do against rogue is it's rogue you know they're going to play dive defense right so if there's going to be a winston barrier and probably a diva trying to absorb anna shots anyway why do you why do you need an ana you probably don't even want an ana in that situation so uh, i think the lunatic high going flexing Ryu Jae-hong into Widow in that situation and going with just a solo Lucio to heal the whole team makes perfect sense because they're playing dive defense. If you can dive into them with that much more DPS, you're not going to hit the Ana not the Ana heals anyway in that first couple seconds of the engagement. Uh, so I think that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense when you're facing particularly against another dive comp. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, why don't we wrap up Apex and talk about TakeOver 2, which is going to be happening this weekend. And obviously, Uber here is going to be uh, casting the the event and joining uh, all just the festivities that are over at Take's Place. It's always a lot of fun over there. But um, yeah, why don't we give a quick rundown of it? You want to walk us through it, Uber? Uh, sure. I mean, like, I, I think outside of Pip, which which obviously, unfortunately, didn't have a land final. This is one of the first lands in, in quite some time in Europe, which is a pretty big deal because I mean, I just saw it on Reddit every day on people telling me how scared they are for the future of Overwatch, which, by the way, like, calm down. First of all, like, yeah, there's no <laughs> lands, but you just need to trust. But some people can't. That's fine. If they've got issues, that's their problem. But this is this is pretty big. It's a hundred, it's 50K uh, in prize pool, which is pretty solid. If you think, like, the Atlantic Showdown, I think last year was 100K, and that was, like, big, big, big. This one is is definitely got more of that, that fun family vibe as well. But... We got some big teams coming across for this as well. I mean, Broke are coming back from Korea. Of course, mm-hmm. they kind of have to ultimately. Uh, C9 is coming over from from the States, you know, and we've got some teams we haven't seen in ages, like Misfits, who haven't played since the European Pit tournament and IP, I think much the same. You know, we, we saw United start to really show things off in, in the pit themselves. Movie Star Riders, who won the whole thing. This is, this is a, a sick time if you're a European Overwatch fan to actually see not only how NA and EU teams are interacting with each other on, on to a degree, but also what's been cooking up now and people have been spending their time, you know, doomsaying about uh, uh, Overwatch esports in Europe. So it's sick. And even I think um, X-Cyclone are going to be there as well, who, mm-hmm. to be fair, are a team that oppressed me a fair bit. Uh, I think Hammers actually, Hammers came second in both qualifiers and got invited anyway, which is interesting because <laughs> I think... Get like a virtually a higher seeding than the teams that beat them because I, I don't know I think they had to replace a team right but right. yeah it should be good. I think this tournament is so interesting mm-hmm. uh, and, and quite difficult to call. You've got Rogue, who in my opinion are probably the favorites going into this simply because of how 
well that they, they had been playing in their time in NA prior to, to their stint in Korea here. They've been in Korea. They've been scr- scrimming against the top teams. But you could also argue that they have negative momentum just from how thoroughly they got thwomped, uh, completely destroyed, let's be honest, in Apex. Uh, like this team did not live up to their, to their reputation uh, in Korea. So in a way, I, I feel like they're favorites, but they're also... They also have the most to lose here because they had the momentum is no longer behind them. If they don't have a strong performance here, it's showing that they're not just unable to compete against the top Korean teams, uh, but also potentially against Europe and America. Cloud9 recently added Kaiser. Who knows how they're playing now? I mean, they they look stronger this last week. Can they carry in that momentum? Misfits, we haven't seen them for a while. They've made a <laughs> roster change as well. They could be doing quite well. Movie star writers uh, most recently have turned heads, winning entire tournaments. They are a contender to win this one. United playing better than ever as well. NIP, the Finnish squad, we don't know where they're at. So honestly, I think there are just so many storylines going into this. And they're they're probably, in my mind, four or even five of these teams could win this. It's it's really hard to tell. I mean, what do you, who do you think is the favorite going into this, Flynn? On paper, I don't know. I would say United or maybe Movie Stars. Really? I had I had wow. hope for Cyclone or X Cyclone, but they just got poached. So they're gonna uh, have a rough tournament. Uh, they're using obviously like Luki's the coach of that team. He's playing um, main tank because Malzasa is going to Lazy Kittens, and yeah, uh, also they they had they had a player leave a little bit before that as well. Boombox, of course, who's now playing for United, so they've had to scramble to to fill the gaps. I think they're using. Um, uh, Crytox, who, if you know, is Lelouch from Singularity Ninjas, a Danish team. So, I mean, they, they've really had to throw their team together for this, to be honest. It's a bit of a shame because guys like Davin and Pox are really good DPS players. Davin's a sick tracer, but I think Pox has to move to flex support now to cover for uh, Crytox being on the team as a DPS player. So it's not ideal by any stretch for them. Yeah, I think that they're, I mean, I know United wants to, like, I guess, for a lack of a better phrase, shut up, Rogue. So, really, okay. I think that that's a big. There's going to be a lot of good rivalries, rivalries? this yeah. tournament, just between them. I don't, I don't know. I don't really personally see C9 performing too well, just based off Rivalcade. But the extra week might be good enough for them, or whatever vods they have now of themselves to go over and like figure out what went wrong. But any, yeah, I don't know. Thoughts? I agree with the negative momentum comment on Rogue. Any thoughts on Misfits? Um, a little quiet so, I mean, they were losing online tournaments, right? And I haven't seen a lot of them. They went to Apex, obviously, and then they didn't have the greatest time at Apex when they went, and then they went home, and then they lost tournaments like Movie Star Writers. They lost two nil to Dignitas in- and Dignitas, yeah. So like, they were having, they're not having a good time right now. So I'm, I don't have massive expectations, but at the same time, I mean, like, it's a land. Some play, some teams just play a lot better at land. Some teams play worse. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I think it'll be good regardless. To fix a big land player in general, I think he steps up. Um, Zave was removed from the team, which kind of surprised him as well. Uh, he was a difference in style. He, he's the he's the kind of guy that really likes to get be quite aggressive when he plays Lucio. And the problem was is that Zebesai was calling, um, but relied quite a lot on on Zave's calling as well. I think so. Having Mineral on the team, who's a bit more vocal, um, was part of their part of their plan. 
Twick ensures, he assures me now that their consistency and their communication is a lot better. But that's a team that kind of had to rebuild, I think, after the changes they made. After Pitt was a pretty good example. But what it's been a month and a half since we. I think we've they're going to surprise people. Yeah. I feel like they've been quite, they've probably been practicing. I mean, they've always been practicing a ton. And, you know, sometimes when you just aren't playing events and you get a chance to, you know, really work some kinks out and without people watching then you know you're able to to kind of make some splashes at the next thing you're doing so i i don't know i've got this feeling that they're going to come out and actually do decently but i am most intrigued by c9 i really want to see how they do because I, I think it's they're only going to get better and better especially with kaiser playing more and more with them um all right so take over to yeah it's going to be a lot of fun uh who's all casting uber it's you be me uh, and Jason. Jason, uh, of course. Which I haven't cast with him for like ages. I actually that think guy. the last time we cast together was <laughs> China last year for APAC. Oh, so has it been that we, long? Really? Literally, we like worked wow, together, right? Like we just haven't got to cast together. It was just the way it goes, right? I mean, I've been happy yeah. to, you know, get opportunities to cast with some other people. But Sideshow yeah. is going to be there as well, who I have a lot of regard for. I think he's probably one of the best prepped casters mm-hmm. uh, because also that overlaps with him being a journalist and he's very much involved. We never really got to work together in, uh, in uh, the UK at that particular event and also also sideshow who um you know when i saw him casting that 1v1 tournament with slasher for like eight hours a day <laughs> i just knew it had to be i just knew uh he did a good he did a good job so i have a lot of faith in those two i think they've both got a bit of experience i think bren also really put in the hard yards to actually get somewhere so i'm glad take reached out to those guys mm-hmm. to join us so it's gonna it's gonna be fun yeah absolutely you can always guarantee that takes events are gonna be fun <laughs> it's a it's a constant, definitely in esports. Um, okay, well, why don't we go into some Q and A? I've got a couple email questions that um, figure would we run them by you guys. Uh, if you got any questions too, go ahead and um, message them in Twitch chat, and we'll we'll see if any anything pops up that's kind of interesting. Okay, so we've got one from Mike Brennan, and he asks about a. Well, it looks like he asks about a a one v one a limb type of format. He says, first off, um, really loving the 1v1. I made 1v1 fresh again over with the overtime point capture. The, the idea uh, I had originated from the old Street Fighter group battles. Basically, you pick a number of characters. So let's just say you pick six of them. And then you fight with those characters until you defeat all the opponent characters. You fight with them in order and you select that you selected them. And once the selected can, once you've selected them, you can't change them. So it's got this kind of FPS, you know, just this... Um, you know, just fighting game kind of feel, right? So you have like a, a series of of, sol- of uh, heroes going back and forth. So once Genji dies, immediately Soldier comes on. Yeah, what do you kind of think? What do you guys think of that kind of format for 1v1? Competitors probably would not like it as much because oh, really? okay. you're taking huge gambles and you can get stuck with things that you don't like. But uh, from a from a viewer's perspective, everybody kind of, people love the random factor. Why do you think... Games like Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is so big on Twitch. <laughs> that, that yeah, random, true. that random factor just adds another level to it. Um, uh, random slash meta game slash you know, po- you know, mm-hmm. part of the reason why poker is something that people like watching on on TV and on Twitch as well. Uh, so I think that that aspect could be pretty interesting. Uh, but ch- pre-choosing a full roster in a in a specific order before the games, I think, may not be the most fun to play. I'll say that. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't think it, the problem is is that it doesn't give you much of an opportunity to adapt throughout the course of a match, right? I think that's actually where some of the best talent in Overwatch is actually demonstrated when, like, you can actually 
you know, perceive your, your environment and actually make a change to address problems that exist. And that might just not be possible in that kind of format. I mean, I think like even in, in the early days of Hearthstone, they kind of had that idea where like you'd have like, you know, you'd have X amount of decks and you'd use them whenever and maybe like once you want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm, not, I'm not really a big Hearthstone follower. Sorry, but yeah. I know that they, they, they use something similar like that, which is kind of cool. But I mean, let's, let's not kid ourselves here. That game is a game that has a built-in element of randomness because it, it, it does make it enjoyable. And I have objections about too much randomness when it comes to something actually being on the line. So Yeah. Okay. Flame, what do you think? I mean, it sounds like Quick Champions Duel, and I thought Quick Champions Duel was like one of the worst game modes I've ever played. <laughs> so I'm not a fan. I think if I was going to fix 1v1 or change it, I would turn it into like more of a first to 20 kills with like random respawns similar to like yeah, TF2MG mod. Right. Because it's more action packed, it's more consistent. And you don't have to like it's not like next round and it brings you to like that really long drawn out hero screen that like shows your intro video. I think that, that like takes up way too much time in some weird way. Yeah, that's but I, agree. I do think it'd be cool if you could pick the hero beforehand, but I still think I'd rather have it be like five stock or something weird before you swapped heroes or yeah. after like you treat each five stocks as a round, then maybe you go to the next hero or something. Right. But I wouldn't want it like quick duel. Yeah, totally agree with that. And but again, like my my biggest thing is that it just it just needs to be a more fluid type of format. Like just have longer durations for the the rounds. And whether you know you do that with this type of thing or you do it with um, you know just first to whatever kills and have respawns and things like that. Just just something needs to change with it. So okay. time to kill works in Overwatch. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> right. Uh, so I mean, I you know one thing I did, we didn't mention. I do like the capture point, you know, like the square capture point they've added now for the overtime. Wow. No more draws, right? So I think that's that's definitely really Drayson. Nice. We're looking at you, bro. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, all right. So Aaron Thompson has a question about banned characters. Um, so we we've had uh, this question on the show before, and want to see if your thoughts have changed at all. Um, what do you guys think of you know banned type events? You know things we've seen obviously with other esports. Um, in the past, we've discussed it, and you know, Overwatch isn't really that type of game, right? Where you have like a, a six, you know, we choose the six heroes and we're locked into them, so that you know, there's a, you know, bands prior to the matches actually make sense. You know, you can actually have that as a, a strategic element to it. Um, you can still have bands. It's just the game doesn't enforce it at all, so it's something that they would have to add to the game. But what, generally speaking, do you like the the um, the concept of bands in Overwatch? It's fine. uh, Sorry, you go, man. I mean, just the lunatic high game alone, I think, is proof that hero swapping can be fun and dynamic and exciting. Um, I I agree with the original mentality and the original philosophy. I'll say that. Okay. Uh, I think. Look, you like (laughs) when the when the game first came out, it was like debatable, arguable. Like, is is banning ultimately at one point going to be a good thing? But the reality is, is that Blizzard are going to keep building their game around a philosophy of no probably no drafts and no bans okay they like the fact that you could switch heroes now it was an arm wrestle to get to get them to go away from no hero limit in the first place i mean there was a big discussion that was going on because that was another thing that differed from their their core philosophy and obviously we eventually realized that that didn't work and it didn't wasn't really fun or didn't make a lot of sense so you know i think but they're going to keep building this game with that in mind so the further along we go they're probably with the more heroes in the game okay you know, if you can still have, uh, you know, if you can have like 60 comps instead of like the four or five that exist right now, 
then that might reward a team for having more depth or be able to respond to that. But just on a simple level, with the amount of heroes we have right now, I, I don't like it. I'll, I'll maybe pick, piggyback another question on top of that, which is, is there any other strategic aspects of Overwatch esports that could be added that's not just picking maps? You know, ma- like map bands and things like that. Is there anything that we could do to add uh, that kind of element? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. There's like a lot of things you can do. I like, I don't know, for me, I came from, or I didn't come from, but I watched a lot of Dota, played a lot of TF2. I think that there's something to be said for like the amount of dead time at the beginning of a broadcast and even the after a broadcast kind of, because you the game lacks a lot of strategy, at least initially, when it comes to spawning. I think spawning right now, like the initial spawns on a map are very, I don't want to say random, but there's no concept of countering or real strategic planning other than we're like defense has their plan and offense has their plan. They just kind of clash. I think that there's like a missing piece there um, that really does restrict hero usage because of the fact there's no bans. I'm not saying that we should ban, but I think that like some form of picking at the beginning would add a lot to the game. Um, maybe you could pick like nine heroes that you could pick from throughout the match or something or 10 and you don't have to call it banning, but they pick an order so that like, cause like how many times do people realistically swap? There's maybe like one or two, maybe three swaps per map per player. So, you so don't a pool a limit, a player pool like a pool. Limit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. so these 10 heroes are allowed in this pool. And I think if you actually added something like that, you would have a lot more heroes getting picked because you could start counter picking more freely and more like, what's the word safely because you would know what the enemy team had already picked. Yeah, it'd be um, like a draft. Like yeah. a so like if you knew the enemy team had like four tanks in their lineup, you could pick Bastion because they maybe wouldn't have a Bastion counter. And then like stuff like that would be a lot more prevalent. So I think that the fact that there are no bans and there is no picking does lend itself to the mm. strategies that we see right now, which is a lot more mobility-based heroes and like focusing a lot on high ground. And that's why we see a lot of Winston Tracer, Genji, Diva, just heroes that are really good at getting around the map as opposed to maybe more static defenses that might be or more static offenses that are better if you take away some of the heroes or limit some yeah. of the picking. Yeah. So I don't know. Like the argument goes both ways, I think, in terms of what you see and what you like get out of the restrictions, quote unquote. Right. I do. Uber, you can say something. Uh, only because it's kind of like if you think of the idea of like a pool or something like that, like you kind of actually deepen the economy concept in Overwatch, which now kind of extends to how many alts do they have? Is it more than the other team? Are they going to ult this fight or not? So, <laughs> right. you know, something right. else in there, like something that people need to manage outside of their awareness and aim and alts would be pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's going to be become even more clear once more and more heroes come out. You know, when, when the pool's a lot bigger and, you know, having a subset of the pool just starts becoming, oh, yeah, okay, that, that makes it a lot bigger difference. Yeah, um, well, the thing, so like I have this conversation a lot um, whenever there's a new hero that comes out. Cause I like when the, when the game was, I want to say new, I mean, obviously it's new, but last year when we were playing the game, there were new heroes, right? Like Anna came out and what else was there? That was like really new. I think there was a time where we didn't have Genji. We didn't have diva and diva and like maybe even may. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, Oh, how does this impact? How does this impact it? And then like, now it's kind of like, is this hero better than Winston? Is this hero better than tracer? is this hero better than Anna? And it kind of does, like, it sounds oversimplified, but I think that that conversation is legitimate. And, like, back then it was like, is this hero better than Rodog? You know, so 
my issue sometimes with Overwatch heroes is that there's only six slots. It's like, well, who are you going to replace to put in this maybe new niche hero? And I think that like putting a little bit more restrictions on the pool of map of matches and stuff like definitely opens up some more unique picks or strategies. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, um, that's it for the questions. We might have time for one last question. If you guys see anything good in the the chat here, anybody? Let's see if there's anything. Are we gonna see a trend of any teams picking up Koreans? Oh. And is that the answer to leveling the playing field of NA in Korea? I don't think so. What you don't think you don't think NA teams are gonna start picking up Korean players more? I mean they can, but I don't think it's like solving many problems. I think like Envy is one of the few teams that's made it work like super successfully. I don't think new C9 with three Koreans or two Koreans is like super much better than old C9, in my opinion anyway. Yeah, but maybe not like with this limited sample size. I feel like it, it will, it is, it's like the beginning of it. We are going to see more and more, I, I think, NA teams or EU teams looking into Korea. Um, it's just a matter of the logistics. Like, can they move there? You know, like, figuring out all that stuff. If that can be figured out, uh, then why not? Like, region locking was a whole thing in StarCraft that was, like, hotly discussed for ages. But to the best of our knowledge, the Overwatch League in North America is going to sort of you know, come to fruition, at least in some degree, before in other regions, before Korea, before Europe. So you've got a pool of players that are in Korea, not necessarily playing an Overwatch League, you know, comparative, you know, competition. And maybe they want the money or the fame or, or you know, or whatever. So I, I think we'll see more, um, I think we'll see more Koreans come over in the short term, at least. I mean, I I'm not, I, we'll see more. I mean, if there's a precedent for this in League of Legends where the Koreans are, much more dominant than they are in in Overwatch, and as someone says in chat, uh, it hasn't. Those those teams haven't really seen a ton of success. The still the most successful North American and European teams typically are the ones that are not necessarily the ones that have the the top level Korean talent. So, will it happen? I'm sure it'll continue to happen. Will it be the difference maker? Uh, yet to be seen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you can make a case for picking them up. I just don't think it's like gonna. Well, what's the word? Shrink the gap between the regions? Like, I don't. Oh, I don't think. I don't, and like, I and I don't really. I mean, the Korean players are obviously really good, but I think that Korea is just ahead from like an infrastructure and tournament standpoint right now that like gives them a little bit of an advantage in just like the fact that they're able to play lands every week and like a lot of their esports economy and esports hub is one city where everyone kind of just congregates. I think that that helps a lot too. So, I'm not. I'm not sold so much on the fact that like, oh, we can just bring in some Korean players and it's going to make our NA team better. I think like communication has a lot of restrictions in that regard right now. And yeah, it could you be can simple. definitely see some teams having trouble talking amongst their teammates just because just because of it, like English. <laughs> yeah, it's a supply <laughs> issue. Like one's Korean, one's English, and there's all these like, you know, proxy like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. ways of like trying to convey a point. So that yeah. must be super tough. Yeah, I, I can imagine that. We do have a a supply issue, though. Like, you know, we, we were talking about earlier, NA and tanks, right? Super hard to find great tanks in NA. So we have to go somewhere to find them, if we're, if not, you know, far, just growing them in NA themselves. So, um, yeah, we'll see what ends, up, well, what ends up happening there. But, um, 
yeah, I think that's going to be it, guys. You know, we'll try to get some more questions. If you do have questions for next week, go ahead and email those to the overview at chamanv.tv. And we'll, we always, the highest priority always goes to the email. So we'll read those out. And if you want to email them, then that's going to be the best way. But let's wrap up, guys. Let's do some shout outs. Fantastic show. Uber. We don't have you on enough, I swear, but you're our one busy guy. So, you know, definitely I'm very grateful whenever you can stop by and hang out with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, today is two years since I left Australia to come to Germany to be a full-time caster. So oh, just wow, big nice. shout out to everyone to helped me along the way to you guys and everyone I've met as well. Like I wouldn't have been able to have these opportunities if I didn't have people around me that were willing to give advice and help me develop. So you all know who you are. So thanks to those guys. That's all. All right, Flame, shout out. Where can people find you? I'm on Twitter, Twitch, Discord. I don't know. I, I feel like I've had this conversation so many times. Uh, <laughs> of just, course. It's been a year. It's been a long year. Like, I think this is like the one year anniversary of me not playing uh, professionally. So it's been, Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. That's, that's a long time. I have an echo chamber now, Flame. That must be my dog. <laughs> I mean, you have an echo chamber in your Discord, bro. <laughs> Oh, my Discord. Oh, that's my dog. That's why I don't wow. say that much. That's, that's why I don't say that much in there anymore. You got to keep it all. Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cut and pasting, screenshotting seems to be a very popular thing. Yeah, don't, like don't type the wrong things in the wrong Discord chat. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Don't uh, DM the wrong people. <laughs> that's right. Uh, ben, how about you? Shout outs. Uh, since Uber didn't do it, I'll just give a big fat plug to TakeOver this weekend. It's the next biggest thing in Overwatch esports, so make sure to watch it. A lot of storylines going into that. It's going to be twitch.tv slash TakeTV. And I think twitch.tv slash TakeTV underscore OW or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure. One of those two. Uh, it's going to be good times. Um, also, one thing we totally didn't touch on at all in the show, I guess... I forgot was uh, Siegel and Calvin and all of oh, those yeah, guys stream streaming scrims yes. all week long has yes. been the best entertainment I could have ever asked for. I've watched every single I hour of that, uh, either live or on VOD. So that's been an absolute pleasure to watch. I hope hopefully they'll be doing more. I know, Flame, you've been coaching them a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, that's been really some of the best streaming content uh, out there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm just going to be watching Take TV this weekend. Looking yeah. forward to it. They're streaming right now, actually, but yeah. I'm about well, to go stream that too. Cause oh, they're the, live right I now. I just love the brainstorming you guys do. You know, like like when you're well. The thing is, like, stuff, I, I you have ideas, that. or I have ideas, right? And like normally, most teams be like, "Oh no, we're just gonna play the safe thing." But this team doesn't care about winning so much. So like, yeah, if it's, I say, it's awesome. if I say Everything about it is great. If yeah, I say right. crazy stuff like, "Oh, just run a Maze Aria offense on Gibraltar," like <laughs> it'll be it. fine. And then they do it, and it works. And then yeah. it's like, okay, it worked. It's awesome. Is it reliable? Maybe. Do you guys right. play it wrong? And like, it's it's a good learning experience. Like, they're all really good. Is the thing too? Like, I don't know. People, there's a lot of Siegel and Calvin haters when it comes to like it's a good professional team. play. It's but a legit team. Yeah, Calvin's tracer is actually insane from like any standpoint. I think. And like Siegel's Farah mechanics have been like ridiculous. Siegel Farah can carry Jason the top five hundred. He must be pretty sick. <laughs> yeah yeah all right guys well i'll wrap up thank the obviously three of you guys for doing the show today you guys are awesome and then um everybody for watching 
Uh, I just want to give a shout out just to every, everybody that ended up watching Streamer Showdown on Thursday. It ended up being like a crazy awesome success. So thanks everybody for doing that. We'll be doing more um, Overwatch editions in the very near future. And just watching Jeff and <laughs> just Jeff being Jeff, being more like regular Jeff on the show is like like awesome and, and Seagull and Musilk too. Uh, but you can find the VODs for this show uh, on youtube.com slash You can follow us uh, on Twitter. Um, at Chainman V, at Fishsticks, at Matt R zero D, right? R zero D for flame, and then I'm at, trying to uh, get Zero-Shots. it changed, but you gotta find good Twitter people, and it's really hard. <laughs> I, know, I would love to get the shouts out of my name, but that's the way it is. <laughs> exactly. One day it's doable. You have to compete against the company now, Uber, man. It's great. It's, it's gonna be harder. But, but yeah, you um, don't have any chance. I'm just trying to get like at FLM or something. Ah, uh, yeah, FLM would work. And then Flom would, you know, anyways. <laughs> at Flom. At Flom. Yeah, you can also find the, the show on iTunes again. So uh, if you want to listen to On the Way to Work, look for that on your iTunes devices or your I, iPad or iPhone. And that's going to be it for this week, guys. So for Uber, Flame, Fishsticks, and myself, Chan Man V, we'll see you next week.